We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, what up, what up? Welcome into another edition of Green with Envy. As always, this is your boy Will. We are checking in. How you doing? How you living? Joining me today as they do each and every time. And when we link up, we create the three man we. First up, we got my best friend, co host, coach of the podcast, the one and only Greg Manakis. How you doing, brother? I'm good. I, I keep waiting for Adam to like jump in and steal my spot as the best friend and the coach of the pod. Because let's let's be real, I, Adam's working his way up the ladder these days. Well, I like it. It's a little bit of a. I want you guys to have a little bit of a struggle for that. So we gotta we gotta <laughs> see. I'm, I'm building a little bit of positive tension within the group, and of course we have our podcasting cousin from across the pond, the leader of the Taylor Gang, the one and only Adam Taylor. Adam. How do you feel about Greg's response to that? Maybe you Yo, should be the coach of the podcast. Nah, I know my lane, man. I know my lane. I'm a, I'm not a spare wheel though. I'm we're, we're a tripod, and you need all three wheels to make a tripod strong. Well, but, actually, Adam, let me ask you this because I, I think you mentioned. Didn't you say your daughter recently asked you to to buy a basketball, and you guys were gonna gonna go kind of shoot some hoops? Like, is there a coaching? Is there a coaching lane in your future? I mean. She, I have a basketball, but she won't use my one, so she. Knows <laughs> um, I mean, I'll coach her. I ain't about to be coaching no team though. Like, they're not going video coordinator. Just watch, get, yeah, watch this is the thing, it. right? Like, I'll be trying to teach these kids how to run like a twenty-one action. They're not going to get it. I'm going to get furious because you know my problem is if I was going to coach, it'd have to be like really high level. Like, I couldn't just start. I'm not willing to put the work in to climb the ladder. I'm, a, I'm imagining you like coaching like a group of like 12 year old girls, ask them to run a horn set, and then you're just getting furious because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, and I understand if I ever wanted to become a coach, then I'd have to work my way up. But I'm hoping that you know I could kind of parlay myself into like a, a D2 standard from, from the off and then just kind of figure it out. I'm just imagining Adam just be like, get to the nail, get to the nail. And like girls looking at their hands, like, what is he, what is he talking about here? <laughs> Abs would be yelling about the Spain pick and roll. And they're like, I'll be telling them to run a dive action and people are just throwing themselves on the floor all over the place. <laughs> dive, dive. <laughs> Like, well, maybe maybe that's a future endeavor that that we can get get for you going here, Adam. But uh, on today's show, let's set it up for you here a little bit. We got to hit some big news that happened during the week, which we have not reacted to yet. So we're going to start with the Grant Williams news. Then we're going to get into a little bit of summer league. The NBA in season tournament was announced, so we're going to have some few thoughts on that. And then, of course, the Sunday Fun Day here on the show. We're going to hit you with a vibe check. We'll let you know what we're vibing, what we're not vibing with. So we'll get you all covered. But fellas. Let's start with the biggest news of the Celtics week, and that, of course, is the departure of Grant Williams. So another mainstay from the Celtics rotation over the last couple of years is on the way out. Here's the full deal. Grant Williams, as a restricted free agent, will leave and go to the Dallas Mavericks on a four-year, $53, $54 million deal with the Dallas Mavericks. In this, the Celtics are going to receive back two second round picks in a second round swap, which is apparently a thing now. Second round picks have gotten out of control. What you can do with them, the value, 
where they're being thrown around. You can do whatever you want with them these days. So the Celtics get two second round picks and a swap, a small little baby petite six million dollar tpe that comes along with it we know in celtics fandom we love our tpes tpes and second round picks it's what we do baby that's brad stevens motto right now and then the spurs jumped in here and they grabbed reggie bullocks as well as an unprotected 2030 first round pick swap so with the mavs that is not with the celtics so nice job by the spurs jumping in but let's start here and greg let's let's go to you here man Grant Williams, we we kind of talked about this a few episodes ago where we gave a little bit of a prediction as to what we thought would happen. At this point, it felt like in the offseason, Celtics would probably match most offers unless it got crazy. It didn't really get crazy. It's pretty close to what the Celtics almost what they basically offered Grant that was well reported last year, four years, 50 million. So about an extra million per year on that deal. Decided not to match. How do you feel about it? Well, it's a lot easier to stomach the loss of Grant Williams like after you went through what happened with Marcus Smart because that was such like a visceral reaction to a trade where like I wasn't able to think of it objectively at all. I was just thinking with my heart and I didn't want to lose Marcus Smart just because he he'd been the longest tenured Celtic, so on and so forth. With Grant, you know, he was always the little brother of the team. He was like a little bit annoying. He kind of didn't know his role, but we all wanted him to actually have a bigger role. Like I was a big Grant Williams fan. Um, so I, when I saw the number um, was $13 million a year, I was a little bit disappointed the Celtics didn't match that. Um, it felt like they could have very easily just taken Bullock back and gotten that pick swap without having to get the third team in there. But as you said, second-round picks are um, becoming increasingly valuable to, to get get deals done. And then you just saw what happened with Jordan Walsh, right? He signs that four-year, $7 million deal. So like you, to have those cost-control guys that actually might be able to fill out your, the end of your rotation or fill out the end of your end of your bench, I think it's, it's really important to have that opportunity. Um, but in general, I think it stinks that we lost Grant if we don't – if like if we expect – uh, O'Shea Brissett and Delano Banton to kind of be the guys that are taking those minutes. Maybe Jordan Walsh after that good summer league game. Um, like maybe those are the guys that we're expecting to take some of Grant's minutes. Sam Hauser, like where are we filling in the void that's left by Grant Williams? Because nobody else can really do what he was able to do on the defensive end as well. Um, so it's a big loss. I'm disappointed the Celtics didn't match it. I feel like we should have brought him back, but when you think about how much we would have had to go over into the, into tax to pay Grant Williams. It didn't really, you can't really justify paying. I was like $40 million extra in luxury tax to keep Grant Williams on the team. So I understand why they, why they didn't do it, but as fans, it's not my money. So I wish they would have just done it. I'm furious. I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> um, any words you can think of that I'd, accurately describes my disdain you can use no seriously though i think greg hit every point i think the only main thing i've got an issue with is there's been too many non-shooters added to the roster this summer based on their athleticism or their length or the fact that there's some upside there but if you're asking and i'm going to kind of go off build off what greg said if you're asking Brissett or banton to kind of be these guys when they haven't popped in previous situations. They don't really have any upside in terms of offensive floor spacing or they don't bring much. I don't understand what you're trying to achieve. Sam Hauser will give you the three-point shooting. He's not going to give you the defense. He's an average defender for his position, which is better than what everybody expected. That's no disrespect to Sam Hauser. It's just a big loss. And then I feel like you've lost a lot of defense this offseason. And then I kind of put this out there into... um the Celtics plug slack, which you guys are in as well, where I was like, it feels like, we remember when Grant first got drafted mm-hmm. and the Celtics were kind of clearing house in their locker room to change the voices in there and to change the mentality in there. It kind of feels like that, right? Like you've got rid of two of the biggest voices in the locker room. You've brought in some young guys that aren't going to try and question the hierarchy in there. Kristaps Porzingis definitely isn't going to try and be the guy on a team with Jason Tatum there. And it does feel like, and Jared Weiss wrote, wrote this in an article for The Athletic, they are positioning Tatum and Brown to take that step into a leadership role. And that's great, but the supporting cast is nowhere near as talented as it was last season. Yeah, that's an interesting point, right? Because it feels like they had to, or at least this is what it feels like from the outside, right? That internally they had to remove those that wanted to take on that mantle of being 
the vocal leaders, whether or not they should have been, but clearly Grant and Marcus were comfortable in that role. And it's not necessarily at least seems from the outside that that's a role that the Jays are comfortable. So it's almost like, you know, you got to throw them, throw them in the pool and see if they swim. You know, throw throw them in the deep end and like let's let's see what you guys got here, and then we can make a decision. And you know, we're still waiting on that Jalen Supermax. I think it's been reported that there's probably just some you know finite details that they're working on, but that should be coming. But I do think that's a really interesting point because you know from a roster standpoint, when you take out Grant, and, and I'm with you guys, it's a little disappointing for me that it's basically a pretty similar package to what they would have offered. Now I know the CBA changed and and taxes and all that. Once again, not our money. I, whatever. You know, but I think from a roster standpoint, you know, we talk about O'Shea Brissett. We have to remember, like, even if we like O'Shea Brissett as a minimum signing, the guy played 16 minutes per game on the, you know, 12th seeded Indiana Pacers last year on a team that has a shit, had a shit ton of wings, uh, excuse me, a shit ton of guards and needed some more, some more wings and some bigger guys to play. And he was playing 16 minutes a game. So to expect him to come into a championship contending team and be an impact guy is, is probably a bit of a, a stretch. Can he certainly be depth? Of course, but to make an impact, that's a bit much. Jordan Walsh, we'll talk about here was, was impressive in summer league, but you still don't know. He's, you know, a young kid. And so I think about, you know, you remove Marcus, you remove Grant, you know, you think about this off season and, you know, I, I don't think it's been a bad offseason by any stretch, but I am starting to kind of waver a bit as to how I feel about it because there's been some positives. But when you look at that roster, you go seven deep and then you're a little bit like, I don't really know what we got here. And you have a bunch of injury concerns. And that's the other thing. Grant plays. Grant is almost always available. So when you look at those other three bigs and you've got age and two injury concerns in front of you, and then you're looking at Luke Cornett and I don't even know what else we're going to have for some minimum signings, like that gets, that gets a little scary there. So I don't know, like right now in this offseason is obviously not done. There could be other moves coming here. You know, where are you at with the job that Brad Stevens has done, Greg? I'll, I'll go to you here first. You know, do you think this has been a successful offseason? If you want to give it a grade, feel free to go that way too. Well, I, I, up to this point, right, the offseason, it's still pretty early in the offseason. So, like, we're not done. We, well, we, we could be done, but we might not be done. That's what I'm saying. Just to this point right now, like, there, there could be more coming. We all know that. Yeah. I, I mean, I would probably give it a C plus, B minus, just because, like, we brought in more top end talent with Porzingis, like, mm-hmm. in a vacuum, having Porzingis on the team just talent wise raises the ceiling of the team pretty significantly, I think, because he's still 27 years old, um, could just be entering the prime of his career. And like when you go back down the rabbit hole of watching early Kristaps Porzingis on the Knicks, you're just like, oh man, like if this guy ever reaches the potential that he flashed in New York early on in his career, I know he had the injuries that kind of derailed it for a little bit, but he is the original unicorn for a reason, man. And like a Tatum, Brown, Porzingis, big three is a true big three calling Brown, uh, Tatum, and Smart, a big three is disingenuous. That's not a big three because Marcus Smart isn't that level of player. He's mm-hmm. never going to be an all-star in his career. Um, he he reached his peak as a defensive player, winning defensive player of the year a couple of years ago. With Porzingis, I still think you can make the argument the very best days of his career are ahead of him, and he's entering them in this current moment, and we got him on a really good deal. So like when I say C+, it's because the the points we've already made about like losing Grant Williams, losing Marcus Smart, losing that defensive identity. Um, but then I lean B minus because we're we're raising the ceiling. But what I'm what I'm thinking um, is, you know, you talked about losing the defensive identity. I'm wondering if Joe, like he he inherited Ime's roster, right? And he's like, you know what, I'm I'm going to continue doing a lot of the same defensive stuff, switch everything, all that, because that's what kind of worked under Ime. But it seems like maybe he wasn't a fan of do, of having to play that way because the moves that we're making don't tell me that we're going to stick with this like switch everything model. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to be going more into a conservative drop with Porzingis playing the five there. So I'm wondering if they're trying to build out a roster that um, fits a different defensive scheme, but I haven't given too much thought into that yet. It's just something I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, it feels like they're going to be doing more Miami-based defense when they're not in a zone where you have your wings funneling and pinching in on penetration and then getting guys to run into that drop. My, my biggest issue is this. A lot of the teams around the league now, have gone to more of a to a duo with more depth than a big three, and mm-hmm. that seems to be the the 
blueprint for success at the moment. You still have your big threes going around the league. Obviously, you've got Draymond, Steph, and Clay out in Golden State. Uh, Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, you got Phoenix going on now. Brooklyn, it didn't work for Brooklyn when yep. they had But who was shocked with that? None of us. <laughs> <clears throat> but my, my issue is that depth is more important to me than having a third superstar. And I just think because... There is going to be times where there's an injury and you need somebody to come onto the court and fill in for somebody. I like I like what Greg said. You do have a higher ceiling with KP, and I'm a bit. I was very happy when Porzingis got um, added to the roster. I was very very happy. I think it's a really good pickup. It solves some issues. Zone defenses shouldn't give you the problems they gave you previously, and you've got another guy to defer to in big moments, and the defense is honing in, and it gives you loads of options offensively. But where you've got a higher ceiling, you also have a lower floor. Yep. And and this is the problem for me. Like Celtics fans were unhappy with an Eastern Conference Finals exit. Well, the floor on this team as a, as a bottom floor, when with the injury concerns and stuff, is potentially a second round exit. You know what I mean? And then obviously, the the ceiling is an NBA Finals. What you win in a championship because the talent's there in that seven man rotation. I think that if we're going to judge the um the off season as a whole, we do need to add the coaching additions in. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a B because they've really improved the, the coaching staff. They've added another star, genuine. I wouldn't call him a superstar, but he's an all star, and they've lost some depth to do it. Now, unfortunately, as you saw with LeBron's super teams over the years, if you're going to have three big names up top, you're going to have some unquestionable names down bottom that's just the way it works real quick before we take a break here let's go adam greg and then and then me give me your favorite grant williams moment your favorite just or just your your one that one that you like the most i'm gonna make them both (laughs) which by the way did you see the ratio donovan mitchell put on him on twitter with that no Oh, it's so fucking good. So uh, Donovan Mitchell, uh, or I think it might have been the Cavs, like Twitter, had a video or a picture of him working out. And he had uh, he was doing the bench press, but he had like a little um, uh, like a little pad for when you bring it down to your chest. And so Grant was like, oh, old man got a pad or something like that, trying to, you know, he's doing his Grant thing, you know, trying to, trying to flex a little bit. And Donovan Mitchell just sent back the video of him saying he's going to make two. And it was just over. It was over. Grant, I think Grant tried to come back with a response, but but it was dealt with. Um, yeah, I, I, that's the first one that comes to mind. I think the fact that Grant Williams like attends the white parties is hilarious, <laughs> just because he's. A, it's like him and Mo Bamba. It's like, why are you guys at this party? Just, yeah, Tobias like, Harris got an invite there. I saw um, one meme where it's like the, there's like a guy clearly like yelling into like this woman's ear uh, who's like not listening, and it's like. Grant Williams trying to hit on like Courtney Kardashian or something like at the white party. And they're like, who is this guy? Like, how did he get in here? Um, but yeah, you know, Grant was a character, man. I mean, I think we'll always have game seven. I think from an on-court perspective, that will always be what we remember. But I remember, I think it was last year, Grant really loved also cleaning up the floor, like mopping the floor, like a bunch. Like he would, <laughs> yeah. he would run out with the towels. I always en- en- enjoyed that. That was, that was good entertainment. So Grant, his relationship with with uh, with Deuce also got to yeah, throw that in there. That was also the, the rivalry between Grant and Deuce was great. But uh, Grant, we'll miss you. Let's take a quick break and uh, let's talk about some summer league. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Celtics Summer League is in full effect. We got one game under our belt here. It picked up right where the Celtics left left off in the reg- in the postseason, lost to the Miami Heat. Um, there's a game on Sunday night as well, so we're recording this Sunday morning. So listen, guys, it's Summer League. It's summer for you boys here too. We're, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that game. That game's not gonna be in here. So if you're listening Monday morning or after, we don't know what happened in the Wizards game. It's we'll we'll hit it later in the week. Don't worry. So we're only going to talk about the Miami Heat game here for the Celtics in Summer League, which was their first game. Adam, it's also, you know, this is a little bit of a Summer League for for you right now over at Celtics Blog. You had your first crack at the takeaways for the game, which you're taking over from Keith Smith, who is now departed from, from Celtics Blog over to Spot Track, our guy. Shout out to Keith. And so this was your first crack at the 10 takeaways article, which you'll be doing throughout the regular season. So, Adam... What what was give me your favorite takeaway from the first summer league game of the Celtics season? It was the title that I used where it was like TLC would want this scrub. That was good. I appreciated that. That, that was my uh, that was probably my favorite. I thought Jay Scrub was good, dude. And like the comparison I wanted to use, but there's there's a height discrepancy and it doesn't fit perfectly. But as a microwave scorer, I think Jay Scrub could be a team's Monte Ellis from back in the day, you know, just a little bit undersized, just uh, terrible defensively, but can just get hot in a second, drop, come on, come off the bench to give you a quick eight to 12 points and just carve out a career as a microwave guy. Uh, he's been doing really well in the G League. I really liked his aggressiveness in a summer league. And that was my favorite takeaway, man, just because the title just told it, it named itself. It was a, that was a great title. Like that, that's the one that caught my eye. Tell me a little bit more about, um, about Scrub, though. I, I haven't done my research on the guy yet. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy that got drafted at a Juco. That doesn't really happen itself. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he was absolutely dominating Juco, got drafted by the Clippers, I think it was, uh, and then just didn't stick and found himself in the G League for the last few years. He averaged 26, I think it was, last year in the G League. Um, just a ferocious free-level scorer, man. He's really aggressive. He's got really good body control, really knows how to use his angles to take the ball away from a defender as they rotate over can finish through um, contact, can finish through traffic, and then can score off the catch or off the pull-up as well. So you think I like he has him. an actual chance of making the roster? I think out of everybody on that summer league roster that's not on a contract right now, he's the guy that I'd put like I'd want to see get a, a, a deal. By the way, he went to John A. Logan College. That's the actual name of the college he went to. Never heard of that before in my life. But uh, you know, one thing that I thought was funny just while we're on the jay scrub topic here uh he took like a, a kind of a, a gnarly fall at one point in this game and the announcer for the summer league game that i forget his name but steve smith was doing the the color the the play-by-play guy in this game is so dramatic and i get it it's summer league you gotta kind of like bring something to it but the way that he talked about jay scrub taking this fall if you were just listening to the audio and you didn't have the visuals you would have thought it was gordon hayward part two and jay <laughs> was up and walking around completely fine within 15 seconds it, it was just so over dramatic but um you know i was watching i caught up this morning i didn't catch the summer league game yesterday i caught up this morning right before we we recorded here man and um you know summer league is summer league uh there's a game the other night that i caught that had 48 turnovers in it so it's a little lot it's a, it's a little bit much so these games can be they're chaotic fun i think is probably the best way to describe them but I was excited watching Jordan Walsh, man, because, you know, like you said, Adam, I think him and J.D. Davidson are probably the only two that really have a shot at doing something with this roster. Delano Banton's at Summer League. He didn't play in this game, so I wasn't counting him in that statement. But out of the guys that that played, and it was fun watching Jordan Walsh, man. I, I think really getting a chance to, to watch his game. He kind of lived up to a lot of the scouting report of very aggressive on defense. You get 10 fouls in Summer League. He was threatening to, to use all of them. I think he got called for five, but potentially probably could have been some more. But I think he was a really fun prospect to watch. Greg, did you have any thoughts watching, uh, watching our guy Walshy? 
Uh, before we get to Walshy, what about JD Davison with the poop with the poop spot? With Did you what? see this? You didn't see this? Oh, sorry. oh my god, oh, sorry. It, it, it's so good. Well, there, I'm I'm shocked that you haven't seen this. It, it was making its way around Twitter. JD Davidson had a little poop accident uh, during the game, and he, he had he had a little poop spot on his shorts. I Go was, to was like, Green Runs Deep. Well, Green Runs okay. Deep. On I, well, I saw. So I did see JD Davidson like tweet something earlier today with like a crying, laughing emoji, and I was like, I, don't, I just didn't didn't look into it. Okay, so I'm gonna look this up while you while you guys talk. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I thought of anybody on this pod that would have seen that it would have been you, Will. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably just a wet fart. You're just in white shorts, so you should. It makes total sense. But like, it's it's so wet that it's breaking through the compression shorts as well. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's through the <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just poop. There's just a whole poop in his pants. <laughs> Do you know what I love the most? It was a it was a genuine reaction. We got a sneak peek. Bro, that is that is it's not even faint. That's like that's like that yellowy type substance that you get. Like there's that. <laughs> like he had a little too much fun oh, in Vegas. That's like so that's weird. like hungover man. I shouldn't have gone out drinking last night. Something snuck out <laughs> as I'm exercising. At the gym. <laughs> Something snuck out. <laughs> Bro sharded himself in the summer league. Oh, that's so good. This has to be a clip, by the way. This has to be a clip. <laughs> I, I can't stop watching it. You guys are gonna have to talk for a little bit. Oh, it's I'm amazing! Yeah. Well, outside of the poopy pants, outside of him doing Professor Poopy Pants, which is uh, if anyone's got kids out there and they their kids like um Captain Underpants, you know about. Professor yeah, well, I used to, I used to fuck with some Captain Underpants. That that um, was when you had the book fair at school. I'm I'm that would be the only thing I'd go to that and I'd go to the posters. Those were like the two things I would hit. <laughs> okay. Uh, outside of that, I thought J. David Anderson. My biggest issue with him, and I put this in the takeaways, was the dude avoids contact. Like, it's insane how much con- how much he'll do to avoid being hit. Like, you'll see him run the fast break, beat guys down the floor, somebody will rotate over, and rather than using his momentum to go through them or over them because he's explosive as well, he euro steps around them, and then he's just completely off balance and his shot's not falling. And I'm like, dude, if you want to play at that pace with that much force and aggression, you have to go through that guy. Like, and you need to set a st- like, you know, like you remember that Kobe documentary, the, um, the Dream Team one, where they're like Kobe just runs into power and just kind of just body checks the guy to the floor. That's how JD Davidson needs to be to set that tone to let guys know if you rotate over, I'm going through you, dude. It's going to be Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner. You're the ball. I'm the Roadrunner. I'm coming straight through your chest. I think once he does that, he'll be really, really hard to stop offensively. But until then, that's a big weakness. Well, now that he has the reputation for having a poopy butt, like maybe the defenders are going to get out of the way. Put him in jail, right? <laughs> so for anyone listening, putting them in jails where you kind of just sit into them, so they're behind you, and then you sit onto their fires, so they they can't get around we, you. We got to work JD Davis in the low post, right? Get him, get him posted up on a couple guys. No, seriously, or ask him to throw lobs for him. Can you imagine someone getting like posted where their heads under his poops? <laughs> They're like pulling, everyone's pulling the chair on JD Davidson. They just like don't want to. Touch him. <laughs> so, what you guys learn with Celtic Summer League, if JD Davidson can poop his pants every game, it's a good way to create space. I feel he's, sorry for the He's, a, he's an excellent space creator, man, with that, with that, with that brown dot in his back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I agree that like yellow I, dot, yellow his, dot. Yeah, yeah it, yep. was, it was yellow. Uh, oh man. But I, I think that his ability to run a pick and roll, like with a lob threat, if you wanted to, like, say we move off of Peyton Pritchard, I don't think we will. I think we're going to keep Peyton Pritchard going into this. this Congratulations next to Peyton Pritchard, by the way. Oh yeah. got engaged. Shout out to him. Engagement boys over my, here. My man got the quick trigger on the court and off the court. Six <laughs> months that he, he's ready to go. She, I don't think she would have said yes if it was a quick trigger off the court. <laughs> you got off that NBA season content off season content <laughs> okay but anyway jd davison i think his ability to run a pick and roll it it's it's interesting right it's intriguing because we don't really have that guy on the roster that just has a natural feel for run and pick and roll i think like him hitting the short roll probably isn't it's a little clunky right now like i don't think he he has great instincts and has great timing on him short, hitting the short roll. But I do think when he gets uh, full speed towards the rim, 
the floater, like Trey Young floater. Is he going to shoot the floater or is he going to throw the lob? Like in that area, I think he's got really good instincts. So um, he's a, he's an interesting prospect. I, I'm going to be tuning in to uh, the, the summer league game. Was it tonight or tomorrow? Just yeah, to, Sunday night. Just to definitely. continue to watch that progress because I haven't watched a lot of the guy. I only watched the highlights of this first game. I, I I didn't have the time to sit sit down and watch the whole summer league game. But I liked what I saw out of out of all the clips for him. Shout out to our guy um, Tomek with the with the YouTube highlights. So. Um, yeah, but I mean, do you want to talk about Jordan Walsh? I feel like we haven't talked about him yet. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about Jordan Walsh because JD Davison for me, like, I I just don't, I don't know. We'll see. I I don't think he's going to be a a guy that can really make an, make an impact. I could be wrong. You know, I've been wrong many a time. Wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the first time, but I just don't really see it. Jordan Walsh, however, you know, I thought it was super encouraging watching him knock down shots because that was the biggest thing. Like you said, Adam, the Celtics this off season, right? They've addressed not having enough length, enough size. They've gotten longer, they've gotten taller, but they've reduced their shooting capability, especially with Grant leaving now as well. And so if Jordan Walsh is going to, you know, crack some of those rotation minutes or build up throughout the season, like that's a must is that he has to be able to knock down some shots. And the stroke looked good yesterday, man. You know, I mean, it, I, I don't think he needs to be, you know, Duncan Robinson or anything out there. But, you know, with the defense and the length that you've talked about, you know, with that long, you know, seven pl- foot plus wingspan that he has, like he's going to be able to give you some minutes, especially if you can kind of let him, you know, take over the Aaron Neesmith task. Tasmanian devil role where it's like, listen, man, you're playing 15 minutes. If you foul out, you foul out. But like, you know, go balls to the wall. We'll work on like developing this over time. But for now, just be that guy that's a disruptor. And you could see elements of that. And I, I, so I think in this first game, that was really my biggest takeaway was, was, was just getting a little bit excited for the Jordan Walsh experience. It's just a matter of can they find minutes for him. But I'm excited to watch him a little bit more here in summer league. So when you was talking, I was trying to find exactly how many shots he contested as um in college, and I just, I just didn't find it quick enough. And the reason I was doing that was because you were talking about the, the length on his wingspan and how quickly he can close out to guys. And if you was what I don't, like, you you watched the whole game, right? Well, yeah, I watched it this morning. All right, so there was a possession really early in the game where. Walsh is trading the action, so everything's happening in front of him. He's around the halfway line. Um, half court line whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. you've got somebody I don't know who these heat players are I'm not even going to try and get you know <laughs> yeah. I, mean? it does, I saw there was a guy there was a guy from England I can't remember his name but there was a guy from England I hate him some pick and roll actions i didn't know that was in his bag he initiated some bringing the ball up on offense i didn't know that was in his bag honestly once the regular season starts any minutes watch gets it's not going to be in his bag because he's not going to yeah. have that scope right so i agree with you to take a tasmanian devil, devil crash roll like just come in and be a wrecking ball and we'll just sing Marty cyrus every time you're on the floor i'm completely <laughs> fine with that so what do you make of his um his feet on defense I'm, I've, I've watched a little bit of tape of him and like there are some times where i'm like oh i i see the potential with just like the length and and measurables but sometimes like his feet like like i don't know if it's position or like his hips mm-hmm. might be high or something but like i i i i'm a little bit concerned about his ability to move his feet at the nba level yeah he's he he, how can I put it? My, the way I kind of told my talk it to myself was he walks instead of slides or he runs instead of slides, right? His feet don't move. They don't glide the way high level defenders usually do. Everything's usually quite smooth and their body kind of moves. But I think the re, my, my take on that is he's got the ultimate j- get out of jail free card with having arms that Eminem wouldn't want to slap box with. 
So that to me, the feet, the footwork can be taught. Footwork is a taught skill. It's not something that's uh, you're born with it or you're not. You know, it's not like Steph Curry's shooting range that is partially taught, but you need to be a good hand-eye coordination anyway. So maybe so maybe I should be thinking about it like early career Rob Williams, just like his, he's yeah. you know, he's he's got the great you know he's got the instincts he's got the talent, but like he's going to have to learn a lot about uh, positioning and 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 where he needs to be on the court with those exactly. Teams. And okay. like I think that learning learning from Al Horford's going to be big for Walsh, just in terms of understanding angles and understanding how to kind of use your body to take away lanes rather than having to put yourself into the lane if you just position yourself in a certain way you can there's not really a lane there anymore because you've consumed 35 40 percent of it and now it's difficult yeah he's gotta gotta be like drake gotta hit them angles you know but uh jordan walsh really really active and there's a moment actually adam that i, I wanted to bring up here quickly because it's charles lee that that's coaching the summer league team i believe right is that was was that was he was he coaching last night i can't remember if it was i have no idea i can't, no, I can't remember it was dobbins wasn't it was it? dobbins it was okay dobbins well, either way, like the, the the one part that I that I thought that was interesting was early on in the game, and the Celtics did this kind of throughout, where they put a little bit of pressure um, as the Heat were bringing the ball up. At one point, they dropped into a zone. I think they only did it for one or two possessions, but I just thought that was interesting because this team notoriously doesn't ever play zone, hasn't really ever played zone, you know, over the last several seasons. And, you know, I do think that zone can be a good wrinkle. We've seen it certainly work against us, yet we've never tried it really, you know, as, you know, as something that we can use to weaponize against other teams. And so even just seeing that for a moment, maybe think, okay, maybe, you know, bringing in some of these new coaches that we talked about, maybe this is a little trial period for them as well, because I do think if you can at least experiment with that in the regular season here and there, for a spot or two it can be something you can maybe bust out if needed in the postseason but you're never going to be able to use it in the postseason if you don't try it but it was just one of the first times i've really seen you know any any version of a celtics team drop into a zone so it definitely caught my eye that they did that for a possession or two yeah they went two free press mm -hmm. for a possession and then they went one two one on the next defensive possession down the one two one was the one i found no what one two yeah one three one isn't it bloody Alan? yeah one three one that's that's yeah English. one, one two one was mean you're playing at the handicap match <laughs> yeah bloody hell um yeah they went one three one which were, that one was the one that shocked me because that's a very rare that you see a non Nick Nurse Eric Spolstra coach sorry I'm being bit by the puppy as I'm talking um run that type of that type of zone but the two free press I like that I think that you could use that early in fourth quarters when you're chasing a game or when you're trying to just you know, really mess up a team's rhythm coming out of a, a timeout, just run that for a possession or two. I'd like to see them incorporate it a bit more. They have the size and length now to actually be a good zone defensive team. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, it's summer league though. So we got a few more games. We'll hit that later in the week here, but let's take a break and guys, let's get excited. It's in season tournament time. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. All right. So with, you know, and I'll be honest, this kind of went right over my head until this morning. I didn't even realize that they were going to be unveiling the in-season tournament, but this has been part of the NBA's effort in Vegas to really make this into a festival, an event. They have the first ever NBA con. Honestly, it looks it looks pretty cool. Once again, part of our goals for next year, three-man weave, we will link up in Vegas. We're going to manifest it. We're going to talk it into existence. We will be in Vegas for Summer League next Dude, year. We talked but, We talked the meetup in Boston into existence with Adam coming to meet us that's in what Boston. I'm saying. So, so yeah. I'm just, we're going to have to put it on the podcast over and over again where now it's like, guys, Where's Green with Envy? We expected to see Green with Envy in Vegas, and now we. So we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to hold ourselves accountable for that. For that next. Can we season. get t-shirts? Are we gonna have a bachelor party or bachelorette party in Vegas? Well, people need All to know we're there, right? Like if we've got it on, like you know, Green with Envy. Ask me about my podcast on the bar. No, dude. We can, we, we, we can get Adam a tiara to wear. <laughs> I mean, that's a bit uncalled for. A little with sash. My beard. <laughs> 
but with this, they've announced the in-season tournament, which I'll be honest, I've had kind of like mixed thoughts of like, what is this going to be? But it, it kind of got me excited here in some of these details. So the basics of it is that there's going to be group play in November, basically from starting November 3rd. And it's going to be Tuesdays and Fridays. There'll be group play that takes place. And eventually that will lead to a knockout round of eight teams. And then that will get dwindled down to four teams, which will then play in Vegas for the for the championship uh but guys this is this is kind of an interesting tournament when you start to see the way that it that it kind of comes out and this is the part where i think they kind of messed up a little bit i had no idea that they were actually going to do the drawings of who's playing what do you think of like fifa world cup and like that's actually like a big deal like it's exciting this kind of just happened i didn't even notice that it was happening but the celtics are in group c the celtics are in group c with the Brooklyn Nets, the Toronto Raptors, Chicago Bulls, and Orlando Magic. So I like the Celtics' chances so far, but any guys, Greg, Adam, whoever wants to start here, give me some of your thoughts about what you've seen on this in-season tournament. Um, I thought the Richard Jefferson promo was actually really well done. I, yeah. you know, with, with all the layoffs at ESPN, um, keeping Richard Jefferson around, I think he's one of those rising stars. I mean, excited to see that dude. I, I, I like Richard Jefferson. I think he's cool. He's, he's a little corny, but he's like kind of like the new age uh, Reggie Miller. Just like He's good he's, corny. He's, yeah, he's good corny, right? Right, Reggie Miller, I think he's that voice has gotten a little tired throughout the year. So shout out to Richard Jefferson. But I, I think also it's, real I, quick, Greg, Richard Jefferson, big unbuttoned guy. We've been talking about this happening. in real life. <laughs> Greg, uh, Greg has gone into uh, he basically only wears button ups like short sleeve button ups because it's hot in the summertime here. But it's like if there's seven buttons, he maybe has two or three buttons in that are that are actually connected. All the rest letting it fly. RJ big guy of that as well so i see the connection i've been on chess quest 2023 baby Hitt, <laughs> hitting the bench press trying to trying to look chess good quest. no no no, no pads out here on the bench press baby <laughs> no pads no pads uh, uh, no, but I, you had a yellow stain in your shorts when you lift too heavy <laughs> i mean i'm i'm there's a reason why i wear colored shorts to the gym i'm not wearing all white like come on now uh, but, but i think the in-season tournament i'm i'm that group c is fun that's a that's a fun group C because the Bulls are they still believe right as of right now that they can compete in the Eastern Conference. And like you're going to have teams that want to build some momentum. And if they can't build it through 82 games, maybe they can build it in this in-season tournament. Right. The Orlando Magic, the Chicago Bulls, the Toronto Raptors, all these teams that like in the past have convinced themselves or tried to convince themselves that they're probably better than they are. Now they have a chance to to play for something in the regular season with this in-season tournament. I'm expecting the Orlando Magic to come out of Group C. I love the Orlando Magic. You know I love the Orlando Magic. I'm expecting them to come out of Group C because they, they're going to be the team that has the most to to prove and they're going to be the hungriest, I think. I think the Celtics aren't going aren't gonna to care about the in-season tournament. Just like based off of the history of how the Celtics treat games that, even games that matter. Sometimes they, they show up to games that matter and they don't care about it. Dude, so. it's only game two of the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll show up when it matters. What do these teams... Okay, so obviously they've taken this tournament format from European soccer and other European sports. Now, in European soccer, when you win a cup tournament, there's a prize at the end, right? Usually it's mm -hmm. like qualification to the Europa League, like the second tier of the Champions League. What does the winning team get? It's just financially driven. I, I forget exactly what the payout is, but the the winning each, team each gets play, each player gets like a million dollars or something, something like that. Like that yeah. Oh, people can be hooping, hooping. You tell me, there's a million dollars <laughs> on the line. I'm fly kicking people for rebounds and every million dollars, bro. You know? You, know, you know what they need to do is for the championship game, kind of like uh, for WWE where they have what is it the the money in the in the bank or whatever, and they have like the suitcase hanging yeah. above the ring. The they matches. they need to have they need to have that for the championship game, and then when they win, it's just like. <laughs> It just it unlocks okay. and the money goes flying out. That'd be great. <laughs> so the, champ, the, the money in the bank, just for anybody that isn't a WE fan, money in the bank is if you get it, you carry it around. You basically have a title shot whenever you want it, right? So like, what usually ends up happening is someone will hold on to it for six months until the champions just had his ass, like just had a big time fight, is dying, is just won by the skin of his teeth, and you run in with your money in the bank, and then you punch him once, and then you pin him, and it's yours. It's so predictable, but it's hell of fun. I'd like to see that where like you're in the middle of the NBA finals. It's game seven. The Warriors have just like say the Warriors have just lifted the championship, and the Celtics roll up with their money in the bank. Like now, nah, motherfucker, first to ten, who's the champion now, bitch? Like 
it'd become so gimmicky and everybody would hate it. But just for one time, I think it'd be hilarious. Um, other than that, I, I'm fine with it. I mean, just the other detail is to remember as well is all games will count to regular season record. This won't be adding games onto the schedule. They will count to your, and obviously regular seeding schedule uh, record counts towards your seeding and your conference position. I like it, man. I mean, it, uh, I saw somebody tweet this out earlier. It's just a way of keeping NBA fans entertained in December. Yeah. when You know what I mean? It just adds a little bit of spice back to the season midway through where the ratings fall off a little bit. Anyone that creates content based around the NBA knows that you get midway through. It's, it's always good at the start of the season, at the end of the season, and during the off season. That midway point, numbers everywhere just start to drop off. So having this tournament hopefully will keep the NBA relevant year round and then that's what they're aiming for yeah i mean number one it's great for us because we just have more content where we can act like i don't know he just made the all tournament team you telling me that this guy is not one of the best 25 players in the league he's all tournament you know so there's gonna be a lot of like good bullshit content like that and it's just different and you know and, and one of the things that i i really need to have happen so there's the three the three groups in each conference and the winners of each of those groups move on to the knockout round. And then there's the wild card, which is, you know, going to bring all the drama to the tournament. And so then that will be the team, the best second place team within those groups. And so that's going to have to be decided by a couple different tiebreakers. So here's my favorite part. So they have three different ways that it's going to kind of play out as to what could happen if like it's two teams that are three and one or whatever, or, you know, two and two with whatever. So first they go to point differential. So if that's tied, then they'll go to total points scored in the group stage. And if that's tied, then they would go to their regular season record from the year before, which is kind of a weird way to do this, that that's going to have any determination of what could happen here. And then here's my favorite, and I need this to happen because whether it's Twitter, threads, whatever is, is in existence by the time we get to December, NBA Twitter would lose their fucking minds the next tiebreaker is a random drawing to decide who moves on to the next round of the knockout stage. So for the NBA trying to make us care about this, I need to have two teams that have the same record and all the other things match up the same. And then we just have like, you know, Adam Silver picking a name out of a hat. And then that's the team that goes on. I just, I need that chaos in my life because I think it would be so highly entertaining. The best civil war between states. <laughs> it's just so such bad. a dumb which is such a dumb way like we're gonna go back to last year's record and then we're gonna just draw a name out of a hat i don't know might, I, at that point you might as well go like troy rules you know the movie troy where they just like pick the the ultimate warrior from each side and they just have them oh, go head to head that would be dude, sick a little one-on-one dope i was looking at i'm trying to think i was that looking at it earlier i found a couple teams that did have the same record so you know i think one of them was um i can't remember it was hawks and somebody else but like you just get you know trey young versus tyrese halliburton one-on-one -on -one. you know you, you pick your best player one-on-one -on -one game to seven and that determines it that would be si all right see now Dude, we're I, I, got I got ideas i got ideas i got ideas we got yeah, money in the bank we got one-on-one -on -one survivor like let's go these are the ideas the nba needs uh, that scene from Troy is one of my favorite scenes of like any movie of all time where they like call out this dude, Poagrius, Poagrius, right? And he comes, he's like, every, everyone's going crazy and they call for Achilles and Achilles is just like finishing up an orgy and he has to like, he has to like yeah. come out of the tent to fight. It's great. I love it. That's a great movie. I have not <laughs> seen that seen movie. That movie. Oh, it's oh, great. Dude, That's a good movie. Troy. Troy's yeah. good. I haven't seen it out. in a minute. Maybe, maybe, maybe that will be our, our homework assignment for next week. We'll have to watch Troy and come back and, and give an old school movie review. That's some good off-season content. Maybe, maybe we'll find something that we each need to watch and then we'll come back and review. But we got ideas. We got ideas boiling here. But let's uh let's go hit a vibe check because it is Sunday fun. Let's go hit a vibe check and uh, and wrap this episode up. All right, time for you know what time it is here. It's that vibe check time. Adam, you've got the Blu-ray glasses on, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna let you hit this one first. Yeah, so the vibe check's not a good vibe check with Adam this week. Adam went to the eye doctor. Uh, if you're English, I went to the opticians, um, and they told me my vision's not as good as it was when I was young. I was like, no. They're like, yeah. I'm like, no chance. They're like, yeah. I'm like, but I'm still young. They're like, not as young as you used to be. I'm like, motherfucker. So. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm imagining this being the actual dialogue, like just much. these quick responses back and pretty forth. Much, that was pretty much the way it went. Uh, obviously, I need these ones are just for glare. So a couple of a week or two, you'll see me rocking glasses too. I've had perfect vision my entire life. Now I don't. So what is it now? It's astigmatism. Oh, okay. Yeah, you get a little stigmatism. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I mean, welcome to the world of bad vision. I, I too just got uh, brand new glasses. So these are actually um, blue light glass. So they had the blue light in them. Yeah, my, and yeah. they also have the the light like refraction and whatever it yeah. is. So when you're driving at night and you have astigmatism, then all the lights have like tails on them. It yeah. gets really disorienting. So it Hate also it. has that. Uh, built in but i don't know if you can kind of like see these they're they're more like um of a pentagon shape yeah we can okay. see they, they, they yeah, might yeah. be a hexagon. Yeah. But they made yeah. me get those lenses too for the premium price but they're like you need them uh and then me being uh you guys use the word like what do you guys use when somebody's like oh i only buy this i don't buy that well, like, we'd call it bougie yeah me being a bougie yeah. motherfucker was like well i need designer frames i can't just go and have mm-hmm. normal frames course uh apparently i got called an idiot by everybody after because they're like they just do the same thing why would you care i'm like because i'm bougie nah man that, that's just gonna be on your face like, if you're gonna have to end up wearing them all the time like you gotta look good in them you, right? know you gotta saying? have something that you like wearing or you're not gonna wear it these are calvin klein see this is what i'm saying i went and got hugo boss and they're like i'm just like because i always find hugo boss a really funny brand because it's like hugo boss in england <laughs> everyone calls each other boss um hugo boss so i went and got them that's pretty much my vibe check um not really vibing with anything right now i'm quite sad hey man i mean having bad vision it's it's brutal but there's always um lasik in the future that's one of the things where i keep telling myself i'm gonna get lasik at some point because i i remember i was probably like 10 years old when i found out that i had bad vision i'm pulling up to the movie theater i get out and i'm like oh like what theater are we going to and my uncle's like hey we're like it's on the sign up there and I look up to the sign and I literally can't read anything on the sign. And I'm like, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I, I think we're going to see it was, I think we we're going to see like baby geniuses or like one of those hilarious movies from the nineties. <laughs> um, and I found out pretty early that I had bad vision and I've had glasses since I'm like, so that was like 10 years old. Yeah. I've had them for forever, man. It's, yeah, I, I've thought about doing LASIK. I've actually been told I'm a good candidate for LASIK because my eyes have stayed consistently bad for like a prolonged period of time. But I got to be honest, man, I'm a bit of a wuss. I just can't. The idea of putting lasers in my eyes freaks me out, and I just haven't been able to pull the trigger on it. Is it dangerous? Look, no. I mean, now it's, I mean, here's the thing. It used to be like they would like prop your eyes open and they'd go in with like a little scalpel and shit and like, you know, try to fix it that way. Like, and people have done that. Like uh, one of our buddies' fathers did this back in like the, I don't know if it was the 80s or 90s or whatever. Like it's, it's like now it's, it's pretty crazy. So actually that, that same friend of ours, our guy, Ted, I brought him to his LASIK appointment. This is like three, four years ago, maybe I brought him, I dropped him off. I went and got a sandwich, came back. And then you, you you have to keep your eyes closed for basically 24 hours afterwards. So like I went and picked him up, brought him back to the car. And like, as we're driving home, he's like, you know, you're trying to keep your eyes closed, but when it's the middle of the day and it's bright out, you can still like kind of see through like your eyelids, even when you have them like closed. And he's like, dude, I got to tell you, I'm already, I think like kind of able to see better. And literally 24 hours later, I saw him and he was up and about totally fine. Like, just never has to wear contacts ever again or glasses and he's he's good to go bro you know what's crazy when you just said that when you close your eyes and like you um you like not wearing contacts or whatever isn't it weird how you can like see blurriness with your eyes closed well that's what i'm saying like you, you can't like fully see but you can like like see i don't know yeah, blurriness i guess because you're i mean you're still seeing you're just seeing like the inside of your eyelid so like your your vision isn't good just because your eyes are closed your vision's still bad <laughs> you know yeah. anyways i'm going galaxy brain sorry <laughs> I might have to come to America and get LASIK. Yeah, man. I mean, honestly, like, I've seen it work. I'm just, it's like 5K or something. I think it depends where you go, obviously. But like, I think, I think it was like around five. I've looked into it. It's like around 5K from what, what I've looked up. But I'm just, I'm just afraid of the lasers, man. I, I, I don't know. Does it something hurt? about it just, just doesn't sit me right. I don't think so. No, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be, honestly, it's like 10, 15 minutes, pretty quick in out. You do like a little like pre-check, come back a week later. They pop your eye, you know, your eyelids open, do the laser 10, 15 minutes close your eyes for 24 hours and then you're good for the rest of well not the rest of your life but until you get like older and then everyone's eyes start to deteriorate when you're in your you know 60s or 70s or whatever but uh yeah so lasik 
it's an option out there, folks. Greg, what's your vibe check? Well, I, the first thing I had written down was my new glasses, but since we've already covered um, optometry, I'm going to move on to... <laughs> no more optometry talk on the podcast? Oh, no. Please stay with us, people. Stay with I, us. I'm going to move on to um, the UFC because I'm a big UFC guy. I didn't get to watch it live because I was out uh, celebrating a friend's birthday last night, but um, Alexander Volkanovsky uh, retaining his his uh, his belt last night against Yair Rodriguez. The highlights are insane. Volk's one of the all-time pound-for-pound champs. Shout out to him. I'm excited to see what comes next. And then uh, big-time UFC prospect, Bo Nickel, who's like an all-time um, American collegiate wrestling champion, one of the biggest UFC prospects in like the, in the history of UFC, um, pretty much like a LeBron James type prospect or, or Wemby um, to, to, you know, flavor of the month. Wemby type prospect came in, knocked the dude out within like 35 seconds. And he's known for wrestling. And he showed last night that he got them hands too. And he laid this dude out. So it's really cool just to see like the hype train. It reminded me of um, WCW back in the day, Goldberg, who's next. Right. So like, that's the kind of vibe I'm getting with Bo Nichols. He, he's on that Goldberg tip. So, um, really fun watching those highlights. Um, you know, I was at this party and I kept pulling on my phone to check Twitter, but I have to like go to the bathroom multiple times. Cause I don't want to be like checking my phone in front of the party. So I, you know, I, I went pee like five or six times during the night just to, just to check my phone. And, um, I'm excited to see what's next for Volk. Cause there's talk of him fighting Islam Machakev again, or he might fight this, um, this other dude, Ilya Tapora, who I think would be a really good fight as well. Um, so just excited about the UFC, Adam, I know you're, you're a big MMA guy, but not necessarily a UFC fan. So if you have any thoughts, feel free to jump in. Which one of these guys would you fight? I mean, so here, here's the thing. I've been like, I think, I think we've covered Basically, this. Who would you prefer to be your executioner? Yeah. I mean, I'll just watch yeah. it and I'm like, which one of these guys do what, like, if I had no choice, if I'm in a bar and one of these guys just wants to beat me up, which one do I feel like it would either be over quickest or I'd stand enough of a chance to like get away. <laughs> uh, dude, I mean, I, I would be in the hospital. I would be in the hospital for weeks, regardless of who, who hit me. If it was Bo Nickel, like body slamming me or Volk, just like one doing me, I would be. I'll tell you what, I'd much rather get knocked out than get slammed to the ground because get, getting slammed hurts. So, because it like getting knocked out, it's such a, like, it's a smaller surface area, right? When you get slammed, it's like your entire back, your shoulders fucked, your head hurts, your legs are stinging. You're like, fuck, man. Yeah, I'd much, yeah you can't breathe. Yeah. yeah. I, I I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I think I think we talked about this on the pod, but I've been like sort of training, quote unquote, MMA at the gym and like boxing at the gym where they got the heavy bag. So I've been watching a lot of like um training videos and I'll go to the gym after I finish like my my lift or my cardio and I'll spend 10, 15 minutes just working on some footwork, hitting the heavy bag, um, working on some combinations. So I feel like if you see me at the gym, especially because I got the man bun um not going and if you see me like working out in the heavy bag you might think that i know how to fight or that i that i do ufc but i do not i don't do any sort of um i've, I've never i've never competed in like a, a fight like that so one day i think it'd be pretty cool to do just to see um, it's not cool it hurts it, like, i've done it it hurts yeah i would i think i would just do a boxing match i wouldn't want to do like an actual um, I MMA think the worst fight. one that happened to me was someone front kicked me here, like in the sternum, but we were both sweaty. So his foot slipped up and kicked me in the throat. Oh, did it get you in the Adam's apple? Just below, like in the, like there. Okay. He just calls it the apple. And uh, <laughs> in my apple, not just the apple, my apple. That's and uh, pretty I, good. I had to turn my back, man. And then I just got fucking wailed. So that was, uh, it's, it's not as, like, it looks really fun when you're not the one getting your head caved in. So I'd, I'd highly yeah. advise against it. Greg. That's, a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I don't. And the Greg's whole, you know, vibe with the MMA. It was basically like speaking French. I had a, no idea what any of the who any of those. Imagine guys if are. I was just making up all those names. It was I like, mean, oh, yeah, one hundred percent. You you easily could have, and I would have gone right along with it. Um, real quick, my vibe check here was just uh, yesterday morning. Got up and took a took a hike with the dog, little, little family hike with the dog. Love getting up early because, well, first of all, you have to get up early here to to get the dogs out because it turns to 100 degrees by you know 11 a.m. out here in Austin, Texas, right now in the summer. So went for a nice little like two and a half mile hike in some shaded area here. Get like the dog off leash for a little bit, let him get to run around. Um, 
love it because then I just felt like super productive yesterday. You mm-hmm. know, did a little, came back, had some breakfast, did a Peloton, played 18 holes of golf, went out to a birthday party. Long day, long, long productive day. And it's going to lead to two cups of coffee and probably some naps today. And I'm excited for it. I'm not That's sure where the production was there, where the productivity is. Like, it sounds like a dope day. <laughs> but like, I'm not the sure. Per- a day of, le- a, a day of leisure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leisure, yeah. Leisure, it's a mental health thing that sticks out to me. So. <laughs> get a little bit of exercise. Leisure. Get leisure. some leisure. leisure. Get, a, get a beer or two on the golf course. Yeah, what? it's great. Great little Saturday. Great What'd little you shoot Saturday. on the golf course? Let's not talk about that. But <laughs> <laughs> Need that we had a... Uh, yeah, yeah. No, honestly, I do, man. I don't... The the biggest struggle I have these days in the golf course is I think I'm aiming one way and then I realize I'm aiming another way. I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but it is like a real problem on the golf course. I don't think it has anything to do with your eyes. I think that's your feet. Yeah, that's your hip. It's a little bit. Of, it's a little bit of both. It's a little <laughs> bit of both. Yeah, but uh, that's that's what your boys working on on the on the course out here. But uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of Green with MV. As always, we appreciate y'all checking in. We appreciate y'all hitting up our YouTube page. We've had some of our videos that are popping off on there, so make sure that you guys go check those out. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, we've got a few of our Bleacher Report streams that are up on the YouTube page as well. You can check out some of the clips on ig uh make sure you're following our guy adam here he's got a new youtube page for you guys to go follow as well adam you want to give a quick shout out to that yeah so it's just literally i was doing a newsletter i don't like the idea of charging people for stuff that they're i'm giving away for free on other platforms it just it just doesn't make sense to me so i was like what can i do oh i can do a youtube show where what i was going to write about i'll just talk about it instead so just at 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 adam taylor nba show um, you'll find it if you're on the YouTube channel, you'll find it in the recommended channels on the page. You'll find it in the description of this podcast. And obviously I'm linking back to this page anyway, because my boys are here. They help me with everything. I've, uh, this will always be the priority, but if you want to show me some love, help me try and get to that monetization part where it's a thousand followers, I'd be very grateful. Very, very grateful. Please. Thank you. Bye. Go hit that follow subscribe button. Greg, any final thoughts and then send us out of here. Black Sheep Optimus, new release. This called Questions and Lies. Peace, everybody. Peace, y'all. J.D. Davidson, she's fine.
searching and questioning their lies I'll show you the answer Just open your eyes in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.